Praise the Lord. This is Minister Dawn Richards, and we are together again, continuing in our study on divine protection. I pray that you are following along with us, that you are digging into the Word of God and what it has to say about your protection. And I am excited to continue this teaching. It's so good. It's so rich. So we're just going to jump right back in. And we're really continuing right now, just focusing in on some key promises of protection. We've laid a foundation uh, in, in the first teaching, and we jumped into some promises of protection uh, over the last teaching, and we're going to pick right back up today in Psalm 121. So go ahead and turn there in your Bibles, and you may want to grab a notepad, something to take notes with, your iPad, your iPhone, whatever it is you use to take notes. I think you'll want to get these scriptures down so you can refer to them often. You can incorporate them into your prayers. You can meditate on them and really begin to build your faith in what the Word of God has to say about your divine protection because it is life-changing. And it could be a matter of life or death someday. So you want to have that word deep in your heart. Glory be to God. Now, Psalms 121 is one of my absolute favorite scriptures. It's a relatively short psalm. There are only eight verses in it, but I'm telling you, it packs a punch because it says so much. And in particular, when it comes to our protection and how the Lord guards our lives and watches over our lives, it's it's so beautifully ministered. So we're going to start here and I'm going to start in the King James Version. Verse 1, it says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer my foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Now, I want to read this also in the New Living Translation. And the New Living Translation says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. Glory be to God. Now that says it all. I mean, I really don't have to expound much. The scripture is so clear, but let's just look at it really closely for a few moments here. First of all, it starts off by directing our focus because where we place our focus is where we're going to draw the strength or have our strength depleted, depending on what we're focusing on. If we're focusing on the fear or the problem or the challenge or whatever it is that's going on, then that is going to cause us to 
whittle and to shiver, to, to, to retract and to draw back. But when we know that our help comes from the Lord, that's where we're going to lift up our eyes. That's where we're going to place our gaze. That's where we're going to put our focus. Glory be to God, because we're expecting. Why are we lifting up our eyes unto the hills? Why are we lifting up our eyes unto the Lord? Because that's where our help comes from. And we're expecting help. Glory be to God. Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. We're not looking to the hills for help. We're looking to the one who made the hills. Glory be to God. And he's faithful to minister that to us when we trust in him. And we've talked a lot about that already. And we're going to continue to talk about it because it is the foundation of every promise God has made to us in his word. We can't really receive anything without faith and releasing our faith in the things of God, in the word of God. In who God is, his character, his nature, his desire to do you good and make you happy. And so as we trust in him, then we're able to connect with what he's made available to us in the spirit realm and bring it into this natural realm. And the same applies where our divine protection is concerned. And so we get our focus on God. We lift our eyes unto the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And then verse 3, and I'm still kind of looking at the New Living Translation, but the King James says essentially the same thing. The Lord will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. So this tells you right here that God has got your back and that he's watching over your life. You don't have to stay up at night. You don't have to walk the floor and, and pant and back and forth and wring your hands and and you know, sweat bullets because God's awake. He's on the scene. He's on duty. He's got it. Glory be to God. And what he wants you to do is go ahead and get your rest. Go ahead and rely upon him, relax in him, recline in him because he's on duty. He's on guard and he's watching over you. And he never slumbers nor sleeps. He never sleeps on the job. You're never going to find God sleeping on the job. You're never going to find him off duty somewhere no, he's always on guard. He's always on duty. He's always watching over you. Glory to God and over me. The Lord himself watches over you. And I love that. I love the way the word says that because it lets us know God didn't send a delegate. He didn't assign a representative. No, he says he himself watches over you. Yes, we have angels. Glory be to God. And God has given us angels to guard us and watch over us. But he also watches over us. He doesn't abandon us. Hallelujah. He's a hands-on father. Bless the Lord. You know, we talk about hands-on parenting. God is a hands-on parent. He's a hands-on father. And he stands beside you as your protective shade. He is beside you as your protective shade. That means he's got you covered. He's got you covered. No matter what angle, no matter what direction, he's right there with you. He's right there beside you. And the sun, therefore, will not harm you by day. So whether it's day or night, you're, you're going to be secure in him, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. Now, that's a scripture worthy of meditation, worthy of memorization, worthy of confession, worthy of prayer and declaration. You ought to put that in your mouth and get that in your heart and decree constantly. And especially when you're facing any type of a danger or threatening situation that the Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. And that could mean temporal danger. That could mean, you know, your life being in danger. That could mean something 
about your life, some circumstance about your life being threatened or being, you know, potentially harmed, whether that's property, whether that's, um, you know, even a job. I mean, whatever it might be, God's got you covered. And he says he's going to keep you from all harm. If it has the potential to harm you, then God is going to keep you from it. And he watches over your life. So you keep hearing this. God keeps telling us this. I'm watching over you. I'm not sleeping. I'm not slumbering. I'm not giving somebody, giving you over to somebody else to look after. No, I'm here. I'm your God. I'm your dad. I love you. I'm intimately aware of you. I'm watching over you. I know everything that concerns you and about you. And I'm taking care of you. Bless the Lord. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. Now I have to say this last verse, verse eight was especially significant to me as I began to, uh, really start praying over my travels when I first began, uh, became born again. And I began to learn how to pray over my life and pray over my travels. And I love this scripture because I just envision that when I'm leaving home and when I return home, and all throughout and everything in between is covered by the hand of God. The protection of God is over my life. And I rely on that. I stand on that. And I encourage you to do the same. You can see why this is one of my favorite scriptures, most favorite scriptures. Glory be to God. It's so beautiful and so loving uh, as God just ministers to us, his love for us. So let's continue with our promises of protection. Again, these are just some of the, the main promises that for me have meant so much in my stand for my divine protection and in me trusting God in this area. By all means, I encourage you to do your own exhaustive study. We're going to cover a lot of territory in this study. We've already covered some, but we're going to cover much more. But even after that, you can dig it out for yourself. You can dig upon the foundation that we're going to lay and the pearls that I'm going to dispense, and you can continue to grow in this area. Bless the Lord. So let's go now. I think I want to go now to Psalm 103. Another favorite psalm, bless the Lord, with so many just tremendous promises and blessings from God, benefits from the Lord. And I'm going to read out of the King James translation, and we're in Psalm 103, and we're going to read through the entire psalm. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are of dust. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. 
for the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his host, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, all my soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now this scripture continually admonishes us and instructs us to do one key thing. Bless the Lord. And how do you bless the Lord? Of course, you bless the Lord through praise and thanksgiving and worship. But you can actually bless the Lord by speaking back to the Lord and declaring out before the Lord what he's promised and what he said about you in his word. That blesses the heart of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of him or of them that diligently seek him. So when we release our faith and we walk by faith and we trust God and we demonstrate that and we act out on it by speaking his word out in boldness and confidence, we are blessing the Lord. You know, if you're a parent or even if you just have someone in your life and they demonstrate that they believe you and they trust in you, that blesses your heart. It blesses you to know that this person has confidence in you, that they trust that whatever it is you've said you're going to do, that you're going to do it and that you're trustworthy. And God is no different. Bless the Lord. And so he says, bless the Lord and don't forget his benefits. How about that? Because you know what? If you forget the benefits, you're not going to enjoy the benefits. So it, 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 it makes sense. It only makes sense that we see what the Bible says here and we do it. He says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And I, and I imagine that David here is talking to himself and he's, he's getting his mind in, in line with the word of God. Because sometimes you're not going to have the want to. Sometimes just in and of your flesh, there's not going to be anything in you that feels like and that even maybe feels like there's any benefit of you blessing the Lord. That's probably the last thing your flesh wants to do when you're facing a challenging situation or uncomfortable situation or a threatening situation. You probably want to do everything but bless the Lord. But that's exactly what we're supposed to do and what we're called to do. And that's why we have to talk to ourselves and say, okay, soul, you're not going to have a pity party here. You're not going to meditate on the negative and, and, and what the negative circumstance might be and what the enemy is trying to throw in your face through fear, but you're going to bless the Lord and you're going to remember his benefits. And then you begin to decree that the benefits that God has made available to you, he's forgiven all your iniquities. He's redeemed your life from destruction. Hallelujah. He's healed all your diseases. He satisfies your mouth with good and renews your youth like the eagles. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He executes righteousness and judgment for you against oppression. He makes known his ways unto you. He gives his angels. Once again, we see the angels of God at work in here. 
further down, it talks about the angels of God hearkening to the voice of his word. And, and when you give voice to the word of God, that gives angels the license they need to hearken to that word. It's not only the word that comes out of God's mouth because God's word has come forth and it's now in the Bible for us to now speak it forth as his children. We have that right. So whenever the word of God is proclaimed, the angels of God then have what they need to go forward and to hearken to that word and to bring that word to pass in our lives. And so we have angelic protection here. We have the mercy of the Lord that, that hoovers over our lives and it's from everlasting to everlasting so it can never be exhausted. We have some awesome benefits. Glory be to God. And this is another scripture that you can really begin to anchor your faith in, especially when it talks about your life being redeemed from destruction. Whatever could potentially come against you to destroy your life, whether that's sickness and disease, some terminal type of disease, some plague, some attack, um, whatever, anything that represents destruction, some type of an addiction, anything that's designed to, to harm you, to take you down, to take you out. Because remember, that's Satan's M.O. The Bible tells us in John 10, 10, once again, that he comes only but for and this is all he comes but for. Don't ever think he's going to come for any other reason. He only comes but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so anything that he would try to launch against your life, launch against you, launch against your very soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, God has combated it. And he says, I've redeemed your life from destruction. Glory be to God. You're redeemed from destruction accidents, any type of destruction that could come about, a, a rampage, you're out somewhere and somebody goes on a shooting rampage, not you. Your life is redeemed from destruction. So we've got to begin to see these scriptures, get them in our hearts, put them in our mouths, pray them over our lives, pray them over our families, speak them, meditate on them, bless God over them, worship the Lord over them, and they will manifest. Hallelujah. I'm a living witness. Bless the Lord. And a living witness is the best kind of a witness. Now let's go to Psalm 23. Very familiar psalm. A lot of people consider Psalm 23 to be a funeral passage. And while it's great to use at a homegoing service, it's definitely not meant to be restricted to that. In fact, I love it. It's, it's a scripture that represents abundant life. So we're going to see here, we're going to, go through it, but we're going to see the life that God gives us through Psalm 23, and it's a good life. I actually am going to read this in the Amplified Translation, and you can just follow along. It says, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness and right standing with him for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil. For you are with me, your rod to protect and your staff to guide they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. 
my brimming cup runs over. Surely, or only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life, and through the length of my days, and the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. My dwelling place, bless the Lord. So we start off with our focus on the Lord, who is our shepherd. He is our shepherd. He's our good shepherd. And he's our shepherd to do these things. He's our shepherd like any natural shepherd does for his sheep to feed us. A good shepherd feeds his sheep. And Jesus is a good shepherd. And he says his sheep know his voice. He says he's going to guide us. Hallelujah. And shield us. So once again, just as a shepherd shields his sheepfold from the wolves and those that would try to attack them and, and scatter them and devour them, our shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, feeds us and he guides us and he shields us. And because of that, we shall not lack. Hallelujah. We shall not lack. And the King James Version says, I shall not want. Verse 2 makes us lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads us beside the still and restful waters. Not turbulent waters, but restful waters. God is leading us to peace, rest, calm, serenity, blessing. He refreshes and restores our lives. And we saw that also in Psalm 103 where it says, He renews our youth like the eagles. God is about refreshing us and invigorating us so that we're strong all the days of our life. We saw it in Psalm 91 where He satisfies us with a long life and shows us His great salvation. Long life, length of days, strong life, health, vigor, refreshing, vitality. This is what you can expect in God. A stark contrast from what the world has to offer. On the contrary, the world is constantly going down. They're becoming, they, you get more decrepit, you get weaker, you are supposed to be sick, you're supposed to be feeble, you're supposed to be dependent. The antithesis of what life and God and old age and God represents. Don't you want what God has to offer? Hallelujah. That's the table I'm eating off of. That's the, that's the plate I'm feasting off of. And even though you walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, which by the way is talking about earth, there's no shadow of death once you die. You've already died and you're in heaven. Glory to God if you know Jesus. So that's talking about right here on the earth. It says you don't have to fear or dread any evil. No evil, for God is with you. Your shepherd is with you to protect and to guide you and to comfort you. And he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Once again, you don't have any enemies in heaven, so that's talking about right here on the earth. When the devil is trying to dish it up, God says, oh no, I've got a table prepared for you to feast off of. I've got healing and protection and blessing and wealth and success and promotion and favor. Feast, my child, glory be to God. In the presence of your enemies, take that, devil, is what you're saying as you feast on the promises and provision of God. You anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runs over. Surely, 
only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. Every day, God has anchored you round about with goodness and mercy. Every day. My mom says, those are her road dogs, and I love that. You know, you can think of it like that. Wherever you go, you got your road dogs. They roll with you, and they're always there to undergird you and to keep you. Goodness and mercy and the presence of God, hallelujah, is with you always. We're going to conclude our lesson for this time, and we'll get right back into it on next time. So stay with us in this study on divine protection. Continue to seek it out in the scripture, meditate on it, and I know that your life will never be the same. Until next time, God bless you.